Looking forward to a white Christmas six months later in Buenos Aires. Welcome to Hand of Pod. been told by English Dan that it's going to snow tomorrow in Buenos Aires which would be the second or third time in about 90 years and also yeah. the second or third time in about the last five years so if anybody tells you the global climate is not changing then don't believe them uh, also don't believe the Argentine weather company <laughs> the weather forecast yeah. because I'm pretty sure it's going to be wrong uh, I'm Sam Kelly and we're here for another week of, of Hand of Pod and I'm here with as you can hear English Dan good evening and Australian Dan hello and this week, as we promised last week, we've got a, a very special guest, a tamed San Lorenzo <coughs> fan. Uh, welcome, Mariano. Hola. Who you'll find on Twitter as... Argent Previews. Argent Previews, uh, short for Argentina Previews. And also in your guise as a San Lorenzo fan as Ciclón Boedo, uh, which is C-I-C-L-O-N-B-O-E-D-O, um, if you want to follow mainly in Spanish uh, and slightly less uh, joined up. Not that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're a San Lorenzo fan, it could be. Right. Um, Mariano is here partly to provide some uh, analysis as, as an Argentine, a real living, breathing one, of Argentina versus Ecuador on Saturday, and then later on we're going to get on to San Lorenzo's clash at the weekend, uh, which is just going to be a normal sort of run-of-the-mill league game, really. I don't know why we're going to... <laughs> 500 extra police called into the stadium. Yeah. Absolutely, in a stadium with a capacity of about 500. Um, so... Security is going to be heavy. Uh, first of all, we'll tackle Saturday's World Cup qualifier between Argentina and Ecuador. Myself and Australian Dan were there. Uh, we saw uh, for the second time, it's the second time I've been to an Argentina game, and the second time Argentina have scored four, so I'm starting to think I'm a lucky charm. Um, who got the goals in what order? It was Aguero, Higuain, Messi, Messi, Di Maria. And Di Maria. Uh, the Di Maria's goal being set up by the, the man that most Argentina fans love to hate for not being a creative midfielder, Jose Sosa. Um, yeah, who was it? What do we make of it, guys? Uh, just on Sosa before we talk about the game as a whole, but yeah, he got an incredible amount. He came on, uh, it was about, what, the 70th minute or so, um, just to kind of, I don't know, uh, shore up the midfield a little bit and well, well, the way I saw it it was because Di Maria who was on the left wing was completely ignoring any defensive duties and as, as I predicted last week Ecuador's right winger Antonio Valencia was having a lot of joy down the left against Clemente Rodriguez mm-hmm. on his own and Sosa immediately came on Di Maria moved to the right yes, Sosa stood much deeper than, than Di Maria was mm-hmm. doing um, but yeah Sosa coming on um, just caused a great deal of mirth in the crowd uh, around us and just people screaming at Sosa constantly like no matter what he did uh, yeah. he would you know pass it 10 metres backwards to somebody who would get abused for that he would I don't know um, that's his problem is he's called um, Jose and not Juan Roman I think yeah right. it's um, going to be quite a difficult obstacle for him to get past because he was named quite a while ago but yes uh, now I think yeah, people just kind of associate him as a sort of a Studiantes standard player um, mm. and one of the, the things people shout out was Jose you're playing beside Messi 
kind of like you don't <laughs> well, you stop doing what you're doing. Yeah, that's it. Well, but it's normal that coaches have their, their favorite yeah. players, you know, and they take them everywhere. I think it's uh, you have to accept that. If you want Sabella as the coach, you have to accept that the Sabato will be there and on the bench, that Brania will be there, and that Sosa will be there. And Veron isn't there because he's too old and he's retired. But <laughs> Absolutely. I, I have to say, we, we've mentioned about Jose Sosa in the past here on Hand Pod and a bit, a bit disparaging of him. And we've also had uh, Joel Richards on, who's been defensive of him and, and has said uh, that, that he thinks he does a job. And on Saturday, I started to see what Joel was talking about actually there, there was one point where one of these ridiculous pieces of abuse he got um, he, he had the ball way out really close to the left touchline around the halfway line um, I can't remember whether Ecuador had just had a corner or something but for whatever reason the only player further forward than him was Maxi Rodriguez who was way forward on the on the right wing like 70 yards away um, and completely on his blind side as well there was no way Sosa was going to get the ball to him unless he suddenly turned into Zinedine Zidane or something um, <laughs> and so Sosa does the sensible thing and passes whatever 10 or 15 yards back to Mascherano I think it was and the guy sitting right behind me immediately screams you never fucking pass it forward you goon <laughs> which just made me want to turn around and go who did you want to pass it to there was nobody <clears throat> nobody at all who was forward of him can I ask which word you translate in to goon well, I can't remember exactly how it went, but it was just—it was something along those lines. It was probably Pelotudo or something, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, I think we can all see why Savella wants him there and why why he likes him. It's yeah. a guy who can do a bit of a defensive. He can link as well. Yeah, let's not, get, around a lot. let's not get it wrong. I mean, a lot of people speak badly of him, and I don't. I think at times we probably haven't spoken the most positively, but he's a a very solid player. Kind of, he his passes usually find their destination and. The, Occasionally, you know, he can he can pull something out. I think yeah. He did okay coming on, and, exactly. and he, he was very good in uh, the Colombia yeah. game that Argentina. Mm. Yeah. Uh, won. And so we like trust him. That, yeah. That's the, the main reason I think. But uh, I think I think the main thing you can take from uh, from the game on Saturday is if Argentina start with those three up front with uh, Messi, Aguero, and Niguain, uh maybe they're going to look a bit shaky at the back at times, but they're they're going to score goals. I think there's no way that they're not going to score goals. And the other thing is that you don't necessarily, therefore, then need to add whatever Nico Gaetano and Talia Pastore into the midfield three when you've got those three. No, (laughs) one thing that occurred to me almost as soon as it kicked off was that people forget, seem to forget, the second one of his matches ends up until the point where the next one starts, that Fernando Gago really isn't a defensive midfield player. No, everybody slides Zabel off. Oh, no, you're playing Gago and Mascherano next to each other. They're just. it's not as if Gargon never makes a forward pass <laughs> and people we'll also forget that Messi is not a centre forward he, he, yeah. he drops back constantly yeah. and, and he played five or six extremely uh, cutting passes that just you know like took out four or five uh, Ecuadorian defenders and like, so that's what they play what he does he played the penultimate pass <coughs> for the first goal the, the assist was from Gargon in fact um, he directly set up Iguain for the second and the Mario wasn't it very good one too with was it Di Maria? Di Maria, he loved it over for a while. He 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 uh, set up Iguain for for the second. The one for the Guero penalty dive was a, was a beautiful little play by yeah. Messi as well, and yeah, the doctor set that up. So I mean, you have a guy who's playing that in Gancero, yeah. and as well, Guero was dropping back and Iguain was dropping back. Yeah. So when you saw that every corner. Uh, they were not shooting straight corners. They they were like making some mm. set piece uh, because, <laughs> like you said, uh, Messi is not a centre forward and Aguero isn't either. So that's that's the way uh, 
they, they, are, they are playing Absolutely and in terms of the defence um, I was watching De Sespot last night who were doing a kind of play by play replay of, of the game I suppose they were picking out some of their favourite bits of, of individual players and one of the guys that they picked up on was Federico Fernandes one of the young centre-backs um, who had obviously uh, it was him alongside uh, Ezequiel Garay uh, who is, is Garay still on loan from Real Madrid or has he moved to Benfica I think it's permanent to Benfica yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it's permanent okay. yeah. um, and Fernandes is playing for Sevilla is it? Napoli Napoli. Napoli of course yes. he is yeah, sorry. well he doesn't, he doesn't even play that often I mean he's sort of yeah. more Which, like a backup which is one of the, the questions in fact that we'll be getting on yeah. later from listeners um, no I think the two he did very yeah. well is he, he'd obviously Garay had been told to sort of hold the fort and, and to whatever act as the, the covering defender whilst Fernandes was stepping out into midfield alongside Mascherano and allowing Gago to, to get a bit further up and, and yeah. acting as the ball playing defender let's say and, and I was impressed yeah. I think the one thing I, I thought the two centre-backs did well like yeah, it was pretty unflashy but for me, where the, the real questions were, especially going back, because you have to assume if if you're playing three up front, they're going to be exposed. Like I wasn't convinced by by the two fullbacks. I know you said that Valencia gave uh, gave Clemente quite um, quite a torrid time, but I think on the other wing as well, uh, Zabaleta really didn't impress me, especially uh, in the second half when it was uh, Jefferson Montero that came on. And the yeah, yeah. absolutely running ragged, yeah, yeah. running ragged. So Sabaleta was good going forward, not so hot defensively. Exactly. Clemente, I, I think you can be forgiven for being roasted by Antonio Valencia because most of the left backs in the Premier League have been for the last season. Yeah, you can be forgiven, but um, you know this is but, this yeah, international football. If they had a little more up front, then and they have scored first, it could have been a completely different story. Mm-hmm. I know they had this chance. Yeah. There are not many players uh, in Argentina in that position. Sabaleta uh, was using Marcos Rojo yeah. before. And he's he's not really left back, and he isn't playing much in. I think he's in Russia, right? Yeah. He's not playing much there either. I um, what he might have done before, when you know, I was I was to be wrong, was maybe to put Matias Rodriguez on the right and move Zabaleta to the left. That might have been. I was uh, expecting actually. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. nice with Clemente, but I don't know. Against Brazil, it's going to be very interesting him going up against like Danilo and uh, Neymar if he comes onto that sure. flank, which is. Uh, I can see a very long evening. <laughs> no, I, I agree with what you're all saying. I think the, the centre backs were very good. I think both of them, neither of them are, are that. They're not great defenders. They're not no. Walter Samuel or Ayala or whatever. But um, I, I like what Sabella is doing. Like, let's put these two together, young guys. Right. He doesn't have many better options. So, yeah. No. So, uh, and again, uh, Federico Fernandez is an ex estudiante player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have to understand that Sabella has this group of players like. How much? 20 days per year? Sure. Mm. So he needs players that uh, know how he wants the team to play. Um, yeah. And uh, is one of them. And mm. So, yeah, fair enough for what he's doing. It's the second time they've played together and they've, they've looked good both times. Um, and, and I also agree with what you're saying about the the, the, guy, uh, the side backs. Um, Sabaleta <coughs> didn't look that good in this game, but I think just he's going to be in the team no matter what because for his experience, for his. Mm. Uh, uh, consistency, his flexibility can play on either side. So I think he's a, he's a leader on the pitch as well. I think like he's he's pretty much assured of his place. And, I think and there are not many options. And there's no <laughs> options. That's the biggest point of all. Of well, obviously, obviously. So in the background, you've got um, Zanetti who's still playing on. Like, yeah, well, would I'd anyone bet against him not playing still in 2014 well, when the World yeah, Cup I'd comes along? I suspect that if Sabella was going to call Zanetti up, he would have already done. 
Yeah, at least fix a lot of places. Yeah, so I mean, I think those three you can you can see in the back line for for at least you know the next few games, and if they if they go okay all the way up until the, the next World Cup, the the left back spot is still up for grabs, I think. Mm. Or we could see Zabaleta uh, yeah. uh, switching over and somebody coming in at right back. But I think those three are pretty much secured in. I mean, and they're going to improve as well with more playing time together. Yeah, right. bit by bit they'll. Well, uh, it, we won't talk about Brazil quite yet I don't think but I think it's going to be very interesting to see them tested out there yeah. especially because you know we all know Brazil were the biggest exponents in the world of having these like yeah. all out attacking fullbacks and yeah. just really going for it yeah. he's going to change tactics yeah. Uh, yeah he's going to use a 5-3-2 it looks like he was using in training, yeah, today, yeah. in training today he was he started with a 4-4-2 bringing a Sosa in and playing yeah, Sosa on the right I believe and Di Maria on the left and that basically, yeah, that was the only change Sosa in for, I think, Aguero. And then in the second half, he changed actually to a 5-3-2, which was with Macherano Chocolate being centre-back. Mm-hmm. And with uh, Gago, Di Maria and... Salvio, yeah. Salvio in the field, yeah. That, that's what Sabella was using in the last championship yeah. uh, with the Estudiantes. Yeah. It's also the, similar to the formation that he used in the... Um, was it the 2009 when they won the Libertadores? The 2009 World Club Championship yeah. final against yeah. Barcelona when Estudiantes went in at half time with the lead. There was a feature video on, on the Cancha Xena website a month or two ago <coughs> showing Savela's team talk before that, that uh, game and how much attention he put into everything and how he worked out exactly how to close Barcelona down. And, and he did. Yeah. <laughs> he was only one minute against uh, that. From, yeah, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, it, it, was, it was a magnificent performance from Estudiantes there, considering the golf in both quality and you know, budget and all the rest of it yeah. that, they, that they had against Barcelona. So it's certainly, you know, if you can hold a team like that when, when there's that much of a golf, because I don't think there's a similar golf between any national side. Yeah. Well, I mean, they definitely did better than Santos did when yeah, when they went there. Yeah, completely. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. um, before we stop talking about the, the Ecuador game, we should mention that Messi was superb. Oh, superb! Um, it's just amazing watching him in the stadium. Uh, Messi's Messi's average rating from all of the Argentine press who give ratings out of ten. You, you take his average from all of them, and it was nine point seven eight five. And I, I mean, we've talked a lot about the, the perception of Argentina in the, in, by the Argentinian public and and in the press. And I think even if it, if he was criticised before, I think that's becoming less and less because I think that's over that stage. Yeah, 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 especially, well, especially in the media. You, you I, say I it's over, but I was this was the next thing I wanted to say. Um, as as a couple of uh, well, as as I think all of you know and. As some of my Twitter followers will know, I ended up getting home uh, almost 12 hours after the game finished because I went to a birthday party on the other side of Buenos Aires right after the match. Um, and at that birthday party, I met a couple of Boca Juniors fans uh, who were lovely people, but who spent the first hour of our acquaintance telling me that I didn't understand Argentine football because I just I clearly didn't understand the reasons that Carlos Tevez has to be in the national team and that Savela should drop Messi. And they meant it. This was the scary thing. Yeah, uh, they, I mean, Messi, <clears throat> Messi doesn't put his balls out there apparently, and he's just not as good as Tevez. He scores right. a hat trick every game for Barcelona. Why doesn't he do it for for Argentina? That was literally one of the lines that they. <laughs> yeah, but I, mean, I mean, I'm sure you can speak to fanatical Liverpool fans who'll tell you. I don't know what they'll tell you. Somebody I'm certainly should be, be in, in the England team or whatever. Um, I think now, I think at least the general public, I mean, people were singing his name before the, the match had even started. Um, Did someone throw roses at him, I heard? People you know, were when bowing. When he was coming like, into the stadium, they, like, they threw roses at him. Yeah, 
uh, yeah, all the signs were for Messi. Everybody's yeah. wearing the, the Messi shirts. Yeah. Uh, after I think this was it the second and third or the third and fourth goals, people were literally absolutely because that was when he scored. Yeah, I was I was one of them. In fact. Uh, <laughs> Sam was bowing to him. Sam and there were a few signs for Aguero as well. We should mention it was Aguero's birthday on Saturday. Yeah, uh, he got a, yep. a big yeah. He got a song as well. Um, Happy birthday to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, and and people were just you know gasping at the stuff that Messi was doing. So the, I think that the Argent- Argentinian public is well and truly behind him now. And I thought, I mean, he's he obviously really comfortable in the national team now. Um, one of the things mentioned in the press was as to why that's so is um, <laughs> obviously because Sabella is is finding the right way to get the best out of him, but also because he's now a senior member of the, of the team. He's been made mm-hmm. captain. Right. He's 24, so like this is his generation: Aguero, Iguain. Uh, these I'm kind of guys. No, I'm interested. I have to say, I, it's probably something we should have looked up before we started to record. But does anybody know off the top of the head Messi's goal? Where does that put him now in the all-time standing? Before he was about 24 behind Batistuta, right. which would put him maybe. No, he was level fourth, and he's one away now from. Right. No, so he was level fifth, fifth and he's one away from fourth. So he's now fifth out, right, on his own. Yeah, and he's yeah. got to be what eleven behind Maradona, is it? Something uh, like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think. Right, different positions to play, different positions. Of course, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah There's no comparison to make. Uh, you can't compare him with Batistuta yeah. either because uh, of course, yeah. completely different kind of players. Yeah, yeah completely. Um, we don't make cheap comparisons here. <laughs> we don't play that game. No, no, no. But I'm, I'm just, I'm saying he's, he's already, you know, for all of the, and, and again, it's, it's yeah. one of the things I was trying to point out to these soccer fans the other night. That, <laughs> oh, Messi never does it for them, and I said, but he's, he's your all-time fifth top scorer now, <laughs> and he's, he's still got, for, uh, you know, possibly another ten years of playing mm. for the national team, yeah. in him. and you're saying he doesn't do it for your national team. I mean, what sad people? Seriously, <laughs> it's, it's incredible. They, they won't be listening to this, so I can uh, <laughs> completely say. And that. they wanted Riquelme in the selection. No, they were saying Tevez should have been in the selection, which, which was the thing I really just. Riquelme is another matter. You know, people were complaining that there weren't enough attacking midfielders yeah, or whatever. Creativity, say, oh, it's because thing, yeah. they claim that Gago's not a creative player just because he wears the number five and and tends to drop that back, right. you know, to the correct right. side of the halfway line when he's when his team are defending. Um, but yeah, I think there's there's reason to be optimistic. They probably reached too, too much yeah, of They read too much yeah. of you think? Uh, <laughs> that's why they won't do it. Watch Cantino. Watch Cantino. One of these people, I, I can't remember exactly what her job was, but she does something negotiating players' contracts or something, which was like, that was the thing where it really hit me. It was like, these, these people aren't just fanatics who don't know anything else about football at all. She deals with players from clubs across the Primera Division right. um, and she's saying something like that it's, it's <laughs> ridiculous first time I met her and I can't help but be the last um, I think it's a, yeah as I said I think it's safe to say the majority of the Argent- Argentinian public have been converted now and the yeah. media, so and it could be again if he, if he gets a hat trick on Saturday yeah, uh, he's already he scored the last time he played Brazil. Uh, they, well, uh, they, they would say that uh, he's doing it against Ecuador. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can always find a reason. They're not doing it against friendlies. Yeah, uh, only I saw a long discussion final. about why you know how there wasn't enough creativity in the mid, in the midfield after the game, and this is after they scored four goals. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. yeah. No, I think I think still it was a fair point though, like because you look at all the goals they came very very swiftly, like from the counter, like everything doing hundred miles an hour. Obviously, it's fine. You know, you're playing it against Ecuador, but against a team that kind of plants himself a bit better in defence then then you start talking a bit about questions I think it's a valid point to say there wasn't someone who could unlock yeah, the defence like that well, by, thinking, to talk about well, having, just by going 
straight on. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's a valid point to not have the option on the bench. But I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Say, you, say you got to that game. Yeah, say you got to that game. Uh, Sixty minutes gone, and Ecuador yeah. had, had scored one 0 They completely locked down. Then that's the time you want someone more creative to, to start kind of looking sure. for the gaps in a way that um, none of the players on the pitch Saturday could have. I mean, this is all well, something so messy. Yeah. Well, yeah. And quite wrong. Yeah, as well. So I think that. people forget that that point. It, I mean. it, it's also something that Sabella has has hinted that he's going to look to be sorting out further <clears> down the line. But he uh, he said I think in a press conference, I think it might have been today, he was saying that he wants to get this solidity. Which and then he sort of looked yeah. towards the press and said, as as you all know, all of my teams, I like to have that. He he wants to sort that out first of yeah. all and then build from there on the base. Yeah, so I can kind of understand that. Yeah. Um, I'm prepared to, to give him a bit more time of course I would be prepared because I'm not Argentine so I'm <laughs> quite as <laughs> <just> worried <laughs> anyway uh, but if I were Argentine I'd certainly be looking to, to have a bit more patience with him um, for the Brazil game we've already hinted there's going to be a bit of a change in tactics um, for that by the way especially if you're going or if you're in, in the US um, I'm in a special preview issue of Howler which is a new magazine uh, American magazine dedicated to football um, so look that up online the preview will hopefully be out before the game Apple are being a bit slow about putting it up we wouldn't know anything about that that hand of pod when they were trying to put iTunes up for bloody ages um, so yeah do do support them you'll, you'll probably have seen me tweeting plugs to it and whatnot. but, but check it out because it's going to be a really good magazine contributions from Franklin Farr and Jonathan Wilson and uh David Wagner in and, and various other people apart from myself so uh, it, it's hopefully going to be a good enterprise and I hope that they're happy with the plug I've just given uh, them so yeah, honestly um, but yeah the, the Brazil game itself uh, one um, notable en- entry into the side is uh, Augusto Fernandes mm-hmm. who I think we talked about a few weeks ago maybe yeah if not we've talked about him quite a bit <laughs> yeah he's been one of the getting players. better and better as a, as a right-sided midfielder you know for Venice, yeah. he's a typical Argentine number eight. Very, very typical yeah. Argentine number eight, and one who we haven't seen the likes of for a while. I think. Mm. Is, is that good? Well, I don't want to go into Buffarini. We can get to Buffarini. Yeah, he's he's been playing great for for Vélez. but I think that that has to do with Vélez's uh, style uh, of play. Uh, I think that they they get players that have some potential and they make them play even better than sure, you could yeah. see them play in some other teams. So I've talked uh, to a lot of people about um, Augusto, you know, before and actually after this news broke. And they kind of think, you know, I know this is a guy who did all right, never really set the world on fire in River, then went and failed in Europe, and it's only kind of recently that, you know, made a name yeah. himself. What is he kind of? Must be, what, 27, 20... Uh, 25, 26. Yeah. I'll be younger. Like so, yeah. Yeah. See, he was very young at River. I, I know yeah. that. And you've seen, you know, uh, Vélez have got a knack of doing that. Of this, they did it with uh, with Fernandes and they also did it with uh, Maxi Morales, who mm-hmm. came from a very like, tough time in Russia, with uh, Santiago Silva, of course, who's yeah. been all over the place without... Uh, which which club himself. failed to help Maxi Morales achieve his best immediately before Vélez, by the way, in, in Argentina? No, he, he was an idol at Racing. Like I'm talking about when he was, I think he was in Russia with uh, FC Moscow, and he really, but he went there kind of at 20 years old, 21 years old, mm. and I think it was too much. And then, yeah, came back to Racing, was an idol again, and then, you know, idiot directors didn't get a proper contract going, and Vélez nipped in there and just mm. stole him away. I mean, it's interesting that we mentioned Vélez and probably Ricardo Gareca's capacity for for really bringing the best out of players because that's also something that. 
is very noticeable with Savela himself. Yeah, I think that the thing is that when everything is right on a club, on a team, so, yeah. uh, financially, and yeah, it's like all pieces uh, are in the right place. Yeah, when you have the foundation. Right, down, right, right. right. Uh, so Gareca, before Vélez, was just a... Uh, an average coach. He wasn't nothing special. Uh, I think he was with Tachere uh, de Cordoba and some other teams. And but yeah, he, he found his place there. He he was a Vélez fan before. He mm. found his place there. And well, everything worked for the uh, Burrito Martinez. Also, he, ah, I think yes, he was yeah. alone. I think yeah. he was alone in Paraguay or Colombia. Or Colombia, yeah. yeah. Before he yeah. he became like the star of Argentina. Yeah, nothing right. in Brazil, right. you know. Exactly. Yeah, I think no, that, yeah. Well, Dominguez had already won an Argentine championship with Newell's when he went to Corinthians. No, I'm talking. <laughs> he'd gone to Brazil and he'd done very well. Yeah, 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 completely. You still have to put your career back together if you have a failed set like that. That's very true. But yeah, I often thought that two years ago, I just thought I was Fernando was, was was pretty much rubbish. I mean, he he just sort of held you know held a position on the right hand side of midfield without doing much. But he's just he's improved phenomenally and he's had a fantastic. He's been probably one of the best players in the league this season. Mm. I love him a lot. Yeah, I think you have to put it down. Into the club structure. Mm. I think he has scored for Vélez like four or five times. The goals he had scored for River <laughs> yeah. before. Uh, it's, yeah, it's unbelievable. But he was almost uh, coming to San Lorenzo, you know, before he went to Vélez. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah he I'm was about to sign. He was, yeah, because you know, uh, when Ramon Diaz was at San Lorenzo and he knew him from River, mm. and well, well. Uh, he went just, to Vélez. <laughs> just like Buffarini, he had everything set to go to Racing, but I think. I right. just couldn't be bothered to put like the $50,000 or something it would have cost him to bring him and yeah. San Lorenzo said thank you very much well, but he we'll get he didn't get later. a peso yet no, uh, no. Um, well uh, they were saying that well, maybe we'll, we'll go to that <laughs> later or this <laughs> keeps popping into the conversation before yeah. we're, we're going to talk about it for at least 45 minutes it's the minutes. theme of the week like, there's no way you can keep it away from it uh, everything's to do before any, anything yeah, uh, in terms of the Brazil friendly I'm wondering whether we have any uh, it, it would be silly to, to preview it too much, particularly because we barely mentioned Argentina Ecuador, which was a competitive victory <laughs> last week. Um, but do we have any predictions for it? Are we looking forward to watching it? It's a bit unfortunate that it's scheduled on the second day of the European Championships, or is yeah. it, it kicks off on Thursday, um, doesn't it? So yeah, Friday. Friday. Yeah, um, yeah I think it will just be interesting because both these teams always go go hard at each other. Like they're not going to take it too easy. Um, perhaps. No, definitely not. <laughs> um, so it's going to be interesting to see how Argentina, you know, uh, copes with a different kind of challenge to Ecuador. Um, mm, yeah. Less pressure, but more. Well, Plus, we should point out that this is this wouldn't be the Brazil first team in quotation marks because it's kind of a team that's designed to go to the Olympics in London. So I think right. there's there's a couple of over 23 players. You got Marcelo there and Thiago Silva. I'm and not aware of that. Yeah, but okay. the rest are all. Um, under 23s, you've got Oscar, Neymar, Danilo, uh, Juan, the defender who's gone to Inter, I believe, in Milan. So, still plenty of players who actually could be in a full strength. Some fantastic players. Yeah, I saw them. Um, I didn't see. Basically, they've had three friendlies since uh, this team's got together. They yeah. beat Denmark 3 1 in a brilliant first half performance. They, they lost it a bit in the second half, then they destroyed um, the US 4 1 in the US. And on Sunday, this is the one game I didn't watch. They lost two 0 to uh, basically a full strength Mexico team. Mm. Okay. So they got more. Oscar yeah, and Oscar, like you know, we were saying about how Argentina haven't got a, an out and out number ten, and maybe don't need one, maybe do. But this guy Oscar is one of these players, kind of uh, creative midfielder who's 
really impressed me. Very much in the vein of Kaka, right? Because he's a lot. Of, yeah, very similar to Kaka, like. He's got, he's got, got of, a very good work rate as yeah, well, exactly. which is say he gets stuck in. He runs around a lot more than say Ganso, for example. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I should just mention uh, because we have a lot of US listeners. I think destroyed US is a bit harsh. That's a bit harsh. Yeah, Scoreline wise, yeah, but actually in the game, though, it was a very tight. The US game. were very unlucky. Like yeah. they had a lot of chances and that, and but. Uh, Brazil, Brazil when their attacks are just so precise and clinical, yeah. Which is going to be interesting to see against uh, Garay and Fernandes mm-hmm. if they or Mascherano whoever's in the back line. Um, so, yeah, it's just going to be an interesting um, uh, test for Argentina for me. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I would say Argentina are slight favourites. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd have Argentina as favourites. Although there's a bit of a question mark over how tired Sergio Romero is going to be in goal um, tomorrow. He's going to be playing in the first leg of. Did he go the, back? Yeah, he's, he's back really? in Italy at the moment. He, he played on Saturday against Ecuador in Buenos Aires. But he's not going to come back, surely. He, he went to Italy to play the first leg of a promotion playoff because he's started Sampdoria in Serie B. Because tomorrow, Wednesday evening, is, is the match. This is according to Ole, so it could well be tonight. <laughs> Um, and then he's flying to New York and New Jersey to meet up with the team and he's going to play on Saturday. You, you, you think he will be a regular? He will start on Saturday? I don't think he should even be in yeah, the squad. Uh, I, I think the they point. should have just sent him back to Italy and then said, look, do what you want after right. this. I, 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 I yeah. suppose that... They should have just put up Saka and we would have been certain. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's, a, there's a couple of other good keepers in the squad. That's exactly, yeah. I can only, I can only suppose, <laughs> assuming that, that Sampdoria do have a... A competitive fixture this weekend, which I thought was the case, that he's insisted on on playing for his team because he's such an enormous patriot or something. Because it seems stupid to make him do well, that. Maybe he's scared to lose his place to Andujar. It seems equally daft to me that players, Augusto Fernandes, uh, Clemente Rodriguez, Agustin Orion, Boca Juniors goalkeeper, are all in this squad and are also in the title race still, and Boca are playing this weekend. <laughs> well, Admittedly, they're only playing Banfield. Yeah, right, but uh, also Boca has so many players. They have such a yeah, good squad. But in you know, in theory, the same thing could happen for a team who don't have as deep a squad, and that could affect the title race. Yeah, when cool. it's as close as it is with three games to go. Where, where, you mean Belis or any any good any good thing player, is that Boca, if, if, if Tigre had a player called up? I think if Boca could could uh, just sell uh, <laughs> <laughs> if Boca could could just sell uh, Clemente Rodriguez right now, they they would do it because they have Sanchez Minio. Mm. You know, I was going to mention him as a possible future left back for Argentina yeah, sure. so uh, I think they don't have a problem and well, they also have a good uh, reserve goalkeeper so yeah, he's yeah. a great goalkeeper I'd have him so. ahead of Orion uh, as, as a River Plate fan I'm happy that Ezequiel Sirigliano has not been called up as <laughs> for this weekend I wouldn't be pleased if he had them I'm just turning up a smile on my face, listeners. I don't mean it. Uh, well, no, I mean, I do mean it. I was never saying that for his money, didn't get I'm kind of disappointed with him, actually. Yeah. It would have been an advantage if anything. The two, the two for his money. Yeah. Both of them, yeah. Both of them. <laughs> you say you mean players that know each other at yeah. international? They came from the same egg, for fuck's sake. For his money, those two um, can't go back to the United States, let's say. Ah, uh, they're illegal. The, the, there is there Emigrants. is some dispute as to just how legal they were when they were in America. Oh, right. Right. It doesn't tend to get reported in the Argentine press. They're reported as having moved there for their father's work. Yeah, but, uh, yeah I, I've heard from um, a couple of, of American listeners that their legality was... Uh, right. Basically, they were illegal yeah. immigrants. When so they were that's why they went called out. So that's why they went called out. Yeah, that's <laughs> the only reason. Because <laughs> they were born, they were born here, right, in Mendoza, and they moved at a young age. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. they moved when they, they were whatever. Born in the US, yeah. yeah. Like Oshas, the estudiantes guy. Right. No, precisely. Okay. Um, 
If anyone else has kind of citizenship worries or visa troubles, just call Hannah Pod and, and we'll sort this out for you. Yes. Yeah. We're pretty Desperately trying to uh, work out how on earth we can segue this in, but since we've already mentioned Buffarini. future Argentine <laughs> midfielder John Buffarini several times, which are now before, explained just to us. Or Julio, about, as he likes to be called. Uh, as well. Julio, yeah. Sorry, you're right. Yeah, that's that's his other name. Um, so before we talk about Buffarini, I think we should because that's going to segue <laughs> into later stuff. But uh, we should mention Barrientos, uh, a uh, player for All Boys who was busted for allegedly busted for. Um, uh, Colombian marching powder, uh, which also ruined his own chances of making the national team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the only reason he's not there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So after the it was after the San Lorenzo game, actually, uh, he, he tested positive for uh, cocaine. Was well, yeah. it definitely cocaine? Because I just had a social drug. What's the most social drug there is, Sam? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong there. You're quite right. Sorry, I thought it might have been ketamine. Not <laughs> an antisocial. Yeah. Um, no, I've heard, I've heard. Yeah, cocaine mentioned. Um, Couldn't have happened to a nicer guy, could it? Yeah. But, uh, uh, Barrientos, for long-term listeners, will remember he's, he's the Hugo man. Barrientos, the, Hugo uh, Barrientos, yeah, is the man we've often complained about before. He's he's the most thuggish of all boys. Many many thuggish players. Yeah. Um, he's Pablo's brother. He's yeah, like the Catalan yeah. player. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's quite a classy player. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's completely different. <laughs> well, uh, Pablo used to play for San Lorenzo, and Hugo, Hugo used to play for Huracan. So yeah. <laughs> that's uh, unbelievable. Yeah. Anyway, so he's been giving a given an automatic six month uh, suspension pending whatever else, whatever protest. So, yeah, right, he's yeah. denied it uh, as as players always do. Um, he, he has two young daughters and a wife, and therefore he couldn't possibly take social drugs. Because who, with the wife and no. kids, ever takes drugs? No one. No. 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 <laughs> um, so yeah, that's uh, that was a big story earlier in the week. I think it happened. Uh, I can't remember those. This is kind of Thursday night, night, Friday morning. Yeah. It cut. Yeah. It was big on Friday, and <laughs> then the media just moved to something else. <laughs> I, I kind of completely forgot about it until Dan mentioned it. Yeah. To yeah. be fair, they had a World Cup qualifier on Saturday, which was yeah, maybe a little more important. Then. I, I it was all Bucarini, Bucarini, Hugo Barrientos, cocaine, and then Argentina World Cup. And now we're coming back to the Yeah. I can't help thinking it might have stayed in the public eye slightly longer if he'd been playing for one of the big five sure, and I think oh, sure. one of the or it just wouldn't have got into the media if he was playing for one of the big five well that yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. um, no once he, he'll, he'll have his appeal or whatever he'll have, have his second test which will you know, uh, prove or disprove the yeah. allegation if he's not a complete moron then I'd have thought it will uh at least the second test shouldn't have anything in it because if he <laughs> continues to take it, well, he knows he's got a test coming up. Yeah. Maybe he's feeling the works, stress. Right? No, yeah. I think it's like they take two samples yeah. from the right. from the uh-huh. day. Like. <laughs> <laughs> can't just say like six months later. All right, I guess another test, and if it's not, yeah. Well, that's that's the way I'd do it. But there, there may be a loophole in my plan, admittedly. Actually, um, there was, there was a, uh, just to say a little bit more. On it, um, there was a argument in the media during the week, or a. a Proposal that, uh, for example, I think in the NBA, um, if players test positive for a social drug, a drug that doesn't enhance performance, mm. they're given a warning first off. Mm. And if, yeah. they, if it happens again, they're given a two or three match ban, or whatever it happens again, then it's quite a serious ban. Which is interesting given the American government's normal stance on recreational yeah. drugs. They, also, they do get that. 25 years in prison as well as this, <laughs> yeah. this warning. So, yeah. uh, there's a bit of argument in the, in the Argentinian press that, well, perhaps. Not necessarily Barrientos, but somebody else um, was, you know, like they have social you know, problems or at home, whatever. You know, like giving these guys a chance to 
Yeah, maybe yeah, it's it's a lifestyle thing. Uh, I, I did see somebody or several people, in fact, tweeting things like, "If he's an addict, then we should help him." <laughs> and I was thinking, the fact that he takes it sometimes doesn't necessarily mean he's an addict. Yeah. <laughs> Different things, but yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no, because he, he's he's denied it, and denial is, is the first sign. Yes, all the I'm guilty. You saw the the Ole cover on on, no. on Friday or Saturday. It said something like, uh, "Un golpe duro." You know, Duro is uh, <laughs> for someone that is high, so. Yeah, for yeah, a lot of uh, sympathy there. But yeah, absolutely. A lot of it, yeah, related to the type of player he is, I think. Yeah. And the other one that, that we're going to get on to now is Julio Buffarini, thank you for the correction, who we mentioned last week in regards to the, the red headed connection. Dan tried to make a pun on his name, which, as Dan was admitting, wouldn't work because he's not red headed. Strawberry um, Blonde, yeah. Strawberry Blonde. It's an. It's kind of been blown up by the media as this thing that Tigre have brought into the courts. Um, and in fact, it's not Tigre, it's the referee who, who failed to note it in his report, asked it to be taken into account. But I think it was Tigre who flagged it up afterwards, otherwise they just would have carried on as if nothing happened. Well, let's explain well, the, the sure. situation. Uh, uh, this is part of the reason now that we're, that we're getting Mariano in. So I'll, I'll let Mar- Mariano explain... Um, uh, Ricardo Caruso Lombardi Sanorenzo's <laughs> righteous indignation at this uh, whole, whole fracas. Well, but, uh, first, uh, I think I should explain what happened. Yes, right. Do, yes. Okay. Well, uh, Buffarini was carrying uh, one yellow card from Ferro, mm-hmm. and then he had four yellow cards played for San Lorenzo, but uh, referee forgot to put that. In a report, they got the right. Five yellow cards is suspension. No, no, he actually reached no, ten. But reached 10. When, when you reach ten, you get two uh, games, two game ban. But uh, if there's a two month be- between the fifth and the tenth uh, yellow card, it's only one game. Ah, I was wondering why some right. people were getting two games this weekend. But it's it's only one game. And well, the referee in the Racing match, which was his. Sixth yellow card, mm-hmm. the first one for San Lorenzo. Two months ago, he forgot to put that in the report, and suddenly <laughs> he remembered that this week, and he decided to go to AFA and, and tell them, yeah. "I think I forgot to put the yellow card in the report." <laughs> and then AFA said, "Okay, thank you for telling us. Now Buffarini is suspended for San Lorenzo's most important match of the semester." And Ricardo Caruso Lombardi's response yeah. has been to say. Tigre shouldn't have done this. This is not something that right. gentlemen do. Or yeah, right, just. exactly. He, 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 but he said that among yeah, a lot of people. <laughs> gentlemen is this. Uh, he, he's been, the cat, kettle black, if ever I've heard it that. He, uh, two weeks ago, he said he wasn't going to speak <laughs> with the press anymore, and he did that for I think three, four days. And, and I, I think uh, we all suspected that was a bit of a lie. Right, yeah, right. Right. It was, it was after, too good to be sure. After the news match last uh, two weeks ago, he started. Speaking again with the press, <laughs> and he didn't stop until I think two hours ago. He started yeah. back then. He's been in a press conference the whole yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, he was going to quit if Buffarini was banned for this game and all this cool stuff. Yeah, well, it's obvious that he wasn't going to. My argument is it's fair enough. I, I was having a discussion with Mariano on Twitter about it. Like, for me, it's five yellow cards, it's suspended like everybody else. Exactly. Um, I don't, I don't the, the thing is that there's an article uh, in one of AFA's regulations that says that. Uh, when there is a protest or something like this for uh, something wrong in a report, uh, you have 15 days to do it. Right. But AFA says that there was no protest, that uh, the goalkeeper or someone 
read the, found out that there was a mistake and they just corrected it. It's, it wasn't that Tigre. That's why uh, of, officially River, uh, Tigre never never uh, did that, that protest. No? But for me, that's it's kind of like it's. Firstly, I think also had that FIFA regulations override that. FIFA says five yellow cards and you're suspended. Right. So, and also it's just looking for you know like. Uh, Fine print and saying, well, you know, this and this, but it's, it's five yellow cards. Yeah, suspended. yeah, of course. The, the five yellow cards were fair. They think that it, that yellow card against Racing was almost two months ago, and they just found out now. And Buffarini played versus News, uh, not knowing that if he had another yellow card, he would be suspended against Tigre. Uh, that's the whole yeah, that, point. That's, uh, that's San Lorenzo's argument, is it? Right. Because he didn't know he was on... Because the, the refereeing report said he was on three yellows, so he, he wasn't careful about not getting another yellow. Exactly. But, again, it, you get a yellow for a breach of discipline. Yeah. And honestly, you shouldn't be I, trying not to yeah, get another right. yellow. I, I think that Buffarini and Caruso Lombardi knew that he had four yellow cards before the <laughs> was match. That, uh, it's yeah. obvious that. Yeah. Uh, when I was at the stadium, and when he got the yellow card, I thought that, oh, he's not going to play against Tigre. And then when I got home, I found out that, no, he has four. And this is the difference between somebody who's living right. it is to keep up to date with all this right, stuff right. and the people at the AFA who's right. living it to keep up to date with this stuff. Um, but yeah, that, that was the issue. And that was talked about endlessly. Even though after a couple of days it was obvious that he was going to get suspended either way, it was still talked about endlessly. Yeah. Um, they are still talking about it. But on a more positive note, uh, I've already talked about Buffardini and how awesome he is. Uh, why don't you tell us why he's so important for San Why so he's, awesome. he's moved from Australian dance team to Mariana's yes. team, of course, right. which is why. <laughs> well, uh, he's been very intense player in, in these last games, and seems like uh, our rivals were uh, not prepared to find a San Lorenzo player playing like this. He's yeah. been likened to an Argentine Zinedine Zidane. Right, some people. Right. Right. Well, not exactly. I, I would say that he, re- he reminds say, me of a younger an Argentine Messi. <laughs> he reminds me of a younger Burrito Rivero, actually, and you know, slightly fainter Brazier. Burrito Rivero is uh, now is he's playing for Boca. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, Diego he, yeah, Diego Rivero. He played a lot for San Lorenzo, and well, when he left, he he, he didn't left much. Uh, Love in San Lorenzo, but no, no, yeah, but well, he he was he is this type of intense player on the typical eight number eight in Argentina, and well, he's been creating a lot of uh, danger in in attack. Uh, you know, I, I think that Chigliotti striker Manuel Chigliotti has seven goals in the last eight games yeah. and I think four of them were uh, crosses from yeah and before that yeah, right? one or two in the whole and how many more chances yeah. on top of the goals has he missed because of Buffarini's like crosses right. I think yeah. it's about it's five, not like it's every not game clinical of finish. no it's about no, five no, every no. game I see that but he misses after for, brilliant crosses for our league he's a Right. He's a great striker. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, many, many teams would love to have him. He of course. Yeah. All, all boys miss him a lot. Yeah. He used to play for yeah. boys uh, last season and they, they miss him a lot because they only have uh, Matos and, mm-hmm. and that's it. So, yeah, he's important. But uh, as a Lorenzo fan, I'm already over uh, Buffarini's right, suspension. I think they need to move on. Yeah, yeah of course, of yeah, course. Absolutely. And, and uh, I think that. Uh, he will be replaced by Salgado on yeah. the right side. Um, I think that. Uh, 
Um, before you go on to, to previewing right. the match uh, more fully, um, since we've talked about both Augusto and Buffarini, I think it's interesting to maybe talk a little bit about this number eight position, uh, mm. which is a very yeah. traditional Argentine position. And I heard a, you can describe it better to us, I think, but like I heard a good description. Is that it's something like uh, like the, the number eight? It's the, it's the guy that patrols the right hand side, yeah. right? And right. If, if anybody's if anybody's read Jonathan Wilson's book, uh, inverting the pyramid, it, it's the position that he calls the the carrilero. Yeah, carrilero. Right. Um, and I've heard described as something like the, the the player typically has slightly less creativity than the number ten, but slightly less. Um, Defensive duties. Uh, yeah, like um, well, uh, actually, intensity than the number Savaleta. Savaleta used to play as uh, number 8 for Lorenzo. Sure. Yeah. He wasn't a, a right back, he was a number 8. Uh, it's a right midfielder that, yeah. like Dan said, he can attack but also has some defensive duties. It's the number that Javier Sanetti was as well for, right. uh, for Inter, if I'm not mistaken. A lot of them sort of, yeah, can interchange right. with the right back role as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's. So yeah. that, that's your your hand upon word of the week. It's just the ocho, ocho, ocho. Yeah, ocho. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, and uh, in sort of as with a lot of positions in Argent- Argentinian football, it's just referred to that in the commentary or whatever. This guy's a it's a number eight, yeah. even if he's wearing whatever number twenty on his back. It's same with number five. But Mascherano is the number five. Yeah, Mascherano is the five. Like if they play with Gago, Mascherano is yeah. the double five. Even though you know, whatever. Right. It all starts with the with the number ten. With the of course, yeah. yes. <laughs> This, this might be something we can cover in an off-season episode one sure, day. Yeah. Um, but the reason that we mentioned Buffarini and the reason that we've talked to him at, at, at such length is, of course, um, that San Lorenzo are involved in, in quite a big game this weekend. If you only watch one game in Argentina this weekend, which with the European Championship starting, I suppose, is not uh, completely impossible that you will only watch one. Normally, of course, all hand of pod listers would watch all ten of them. Um, do make sure that it's San Lorenzo Tigre, or rather Tigre San Lorenzo, because it's going to be epic, isn't it, Mariano? And this is why we've invited Mariano on, so that we can all gloat at him as he <laughs> I was trying to forget about it until Sunday, but okay. Uh, well, this is why we offered you Fener. No one likes Well, the thing is that I think that the team that wins this game will probably just not play of course not get relegated and not even play the promotion playoff as, as it stands at the moment in the relegation positions Olimpo as we mentioned last week are relegated now um, that's that's a mathematical fact Tigre one position above them with is it 1-3-3 three, three? Um, I just remember that San Lorenzo is one point above exactly, Tigre yeah. so, so what I, I think it's Tigre have got 1-3-3 three, three, San Lorenzo have got 1-3-4 I might have right. those numbers slightly wrong but whatever no no I think it's 1-3-8 one one and 1-3-9 yeah, that, that sounds more like it yeah. these so, guys are talking about the, the relegation the, the number of points like that they have crazy yeah, yeah, exactly. this yeah. is the number of points that they have over the last three seasons right. they're, they're one point apart and then above San Lorenzo uh, San Martino Atletico Rafaela who have exactly the same number of points have also got right. the same number of games just this last season because that's all they've been in um, so as it stands at the well, moment you have, Banfield. you have Banfield only Banfield two points yeah, above San Lorenzo yeah, yeah, and they play right. Boca this weekend yeah, yeah. So, so Banfield are going to lose so um, who, who wins of Tigre San Lorenzo will very probably go above uh, Banfield or Tigre in Tigre's yeah. case yeah. it would be tied and very possibly right. above one of Rafael, one or both of Rafael. And and if Rafaela and San Martin doesn't win, don't win, uh, San Lorenzo with a draw will be above them. Also. Mm-hmm. So yeah. and Rafael playing Vélez, uh, Rafael plays Vélez, and San Martin plays at Union. Yeah. And Union needs to win to yeah. finally forget about relegation. Sure, they're up. Yeah, so, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that's what makes it. Whereas, uh, whereas if you, Union lose, they would also be back 
back in there. They'd, they'd be level with San Martin on points after that, so this is all interesting. Right. But Tigre San Lorenzo is, is high stakes indeed. indeed. We, we were talking about this at the end of the Apertura when, when San Lorenzo beat Tigre uh, at the same point of the, the Apertura back in December. Um, One nil. <laughs> but it was a mistake. Game. Yeah, you're optimistic. Uh, Tigre have the best <coughs> home record in the Clausura. They've not lost at home yet this season. Yeah, yeah, they, they've lost. Um, Tigre? No, they've not lost in the Clausura. Yeah, yeah, but it's Argentina Juniors. Have they? Yeah, 2-1. Oh, well, okay. It was Argentina Juniors. I thought they hadn't done. Yeah, 2-0 from... This is this guy your preview son. There are two undefeated teams in at home. I think it's Union, mm-hmm. and the other one... Is, I don't remember, no, but Tigre, I, I'm sure Tigre lost at home. Oh, despite, despite all the referees helping them <laughs> in most games, yeah. uh, we, we could go over that also. About uh, That's what, well, one of the things I'm more afraid. Tell us why the referees would help Tigre. Uh, well, they helped them uh, versus Lanús. They won one nil with a ridiculous penalty. But why would they want to help a little team like Tigre? Well, uh, for example, they have some political support <laughs> yeah. in Sergio Massa, and the referee, the referee, boss of referees, is also a Tigre fan. You know, uh, La Molina. Uh, <laughs> are you at all talking about the referees? Are you at all? No, obviously, both teams are still making appeals to the AFA to have no, no. We want this referee. So San Lorenzo saying they want that. Yeah, of course. Tigre saying they want And that. you know who will be the referee? Are, are you at all concerned about the fact that Pablo Lunati of all the referees? Lunati uh, will be. It's confirmed. It's confirmed that Lunati will be the referee. So we have some very hard fouls. L- Lunati um, is a referee for sure. We've Lunati. definitely mentioned on hand of Poddy, yeah. and if we haven't actually said his name many times before, he's. We, we mentioned this word a few weeks ago, I think possibly when Seba was still on the podcast. This word, termo, is one of our first words of the week. And Lunati is probably the biggest termo of any of Argentina's referees. Yeah, and yeah, he yeah. loves himself more than yeah. pretty much any He's retired. He's retired, so he doesn't have much to lose in this last game. I, I don't know if he's retiring now in June or at the end of the year, but he's I, retiring soon. Are so. you worried about the fact that he's been appointed as the ref? I'm worried that, I'm worried that uh, he, he allows... Uh, hard fouls mm. like he did against all boys he was the referee in all boys San Lorenzo uh, and you know Diego Castaño Tigres midfielder Oof, likes to play strong yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm worried more about that I, I, I don't know uh, he was also, he was also the referee in Rafaela San Lorenzo mm. you know Dario Gandin punch the San Lorenzo player and he didn't even get <laughs> the yellow so okay that, that's what I'm worried about but I don't know it's a game that has so many layers because you have of course the football itself you have the referee you have all the background the political background (coughs) sorry and I don't know it's going to be an epic match and you also have to think about the results on Saturday games because Tigre San Lorenzo will play knowing the Rafaela San Martin and Banfield result yeah and if like I said before if Rafael and San Martin don't win San Lorenzo can play for a draw and that's it will be a great result that's only going to make it more intense as well and, and the other thing is that San Lorenzo obviously uh, perhaps not one of the best teams of the Clausura but certainly capable of getting a result against anybody when they've got their backs to the wall and Tigre are one of the best teams in the Clausura right, so right. it's got the potential to be a really good just as a game of football as yeah well. Tigre has been a, a great team this season I think one of the reasons is that they were able to to create a team and use those same players sure. almost in every week they, they were lucky yeah. the, don't have a, uh, any any injuries yeah. right uh, their best players played almost every game in this Clausura and well 
that's one of the reasons they are. They, they don't have a long squad, but they have, you know, Roman Martinez and Diego Morales. <coughs> Those are the creative midfielders, and, and uh, I think they play in everything. Like yeah, of course. And, and Luna, they, those three are their best players by far, we could mm-hmm. say, and and they played in almost every game of Clausura. Yeah, that's exactly what we said a couple of weeks ago about yeah. the, how, how lucky they've been, apart from playing so well, is that they haven't lost any of these key elements either. No yeah. suspensions, suspiciously enough. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, so just in a, in a footballing sense, forgetting all this, the, you know, the pressure and the, the other stuff going on, who would you say has the best chance of winning the game? No, oh, no, it's impossible to say. <laughs> Especially me, I think you should, you should yeah, this, say. Yeah, this, these are the, the, the words of somebody who doesn't want to make a prediction either way. It's <laughs> <laughs> now showing us the San Lorenzo badge on his team. Um, but yeah, this is really, this is your job to tell us down later on. And oh, well, we'll get to that uh, yeah. later in later You're the predictions guy. Yeah. Um, for the moment, I think uh, it's now time to play a bit of music and maybe stick some ice in our glasses or in my case at least because I can't really drink for that without ice it's a bit horrible um, and Dan's just refilled the finish is very cold oh okay so, good yeah. no, that's, that's nice that. um, but, but we're going to ice when I crept out just now <laughs> but we're going to, to put the microphone down for a second anyway I'll play the listeners some music and then we'll come back with some Hand of Pod listeners questions So we're back for the questions, but before we do, we'll give you an update on the Copa Argentina, um, because we're paying it far more attention than any of the Argentine press are doing, until this point at least, because the final's now decided. Uh, Since we last recorded, Boca Juniors have played their quarter-final, and they've played their semi-final, and if you're familiar with how Boca traditionally go through knockout tournaments in the 21st century, the Copa Libertadores being the, the prime example in the early years of the decade, you'll be entirely unsurprised to hear that they've won both on penalties. Um, against Deportivo Merlo on Sunday and against Rosario Central thank you Mariano Um, they're going to meet River Plate no they're not because something went wrong the AFA decided to prove that the whole thing hasn't been a fix to provide a a, um, competitive Super Clasico uh, all the way through the season in the final and Boca Juniors are going to play Racing Club English dance team we should mention as well that in reality, you know, according to all the media and everyone in Argentina, hmm. uh, Racing didn't win. It's just not no, going to be a super River lost. This, yeah. this is the it's Boca against a team that isn't River. Yes, according to Ole and um, it, it, This came about after a, a disgracefully one-sided performance from referee Andro, uh, Toya, Andres Toya, um, in which he failed to give River Plate a penalty in the fifth minute of the match and didn't really give any decisions at all in, in Racing's favour. He did in, very in little. Can, yeah, he just kind of tried to give Racing a penalty by giving, making no controversial decisions whatsoever. Absolutely. As in not making the decision. It was controversial. He didn't, maybe, but yeah. he just would not stick his neck out of the line, less with uh, Racing. Precisely. And the whole way along, uh, it's been a case of God knows when the final is going to be. Boca maybe in the Libertadores final around the same time as well, so they don't really know when it's. 
when they can fit it in. And as uh, Seba uh, very kindly pointed out to us on Twitter just before we started recording, they're going to have to probably play it before the end of June because that's when players' contracts tend to run out. Yeah, you think so? I um, think Racing would end up with about six players. And I did hear rumours immediately after the semi-finals finished that the 9th of July, which is Argentine Independence Day, might be a possibility. Um, but it's not going to be if various players aren't going to be contracts anymore, particularly as English Dan says with the contractual situations at, at Racing in particular. Um, so that's going to be an interesting one, but we'll keep you up to date with the Copa Argentina as and when we know a date for the final. We'll talk about it in more detail. For now, we'll get on to your questions. Um, the first of which comes from Rahim God Jones, um, whose Twitter handle is the name is God, uh, a listener from Ghana. And he says, uh, question for the San Lorenzo fan, Mariano. Do you think it's fair that Buenos Aires Football Detours, which is mine and Dan's uh, uh, very informal company, won't take people to San Lorenzo games? Well, uh, I think it's fair that they, are not, they don't want to risk their lives. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think that, uh, well... One of the things that I forgot to uh, to mention at the top of the podcast when we started recording was that we've had fans of, of the other four of the big five on before you're our first San Lorenzo fan. Um, and we've mentioned it before, but perhaps you'd like to just confirm for us what the area is like that San Lorenzo Stadium is in. Well, it's not the best Buenos area in Buenos Aires. <laughs> we could say that. It's just in front of uh, Bisha. You know, like a very 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 poor neighborhood, and it's a place where you don't want to go if you don't know the city or if you don't have a car. Especially if you do know the city. But if you if, uh, actually, if you have a car, it's really not not that dangerous. I, I've been going there for twenty years, and mm-hmm. I'm here. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I think that it's not the best place to take a group of tourists. So. <laughs> Um, but oh, that's from you, Mariano. Just pointing out what I meant by hashtag. Uh, the next question <laughs> is from uh, from Connor, aka Mr. D. Jose Dolores says this is Twitter at. Uh, he lost us three. He, he went a little bit crazy. Let's, um, let's only answer one. No, the, well, we've, I'll read out the three of them. They should be quick enough. First question: Do Boca drop any more points this season? They've got they're away to Banfield, at home to Arsenal, and then. Away to all boys. I can see them dropping points away to all boys potentially. And Arsenal aren't going to give them a, a decent game. Yeah. Um, mm, you could see at the maximum two draws there, maybe. Maximum, maximum. At the maximum, and I don't think that they. Well, I mean, maybe if they draw a, Arsenal, they'll be more focused on winning all boys. Right. At least if they yeah. haven't already won the title by that. Right. But they, maybe they can afford uh, a draw against yeah. Arsenal in the next round. <laughs> maybe it would be enough to win the title if yeah. Arsenal doesn't win this weekend. So. Yeah. Sure. Uh, next question from Connor is and this is an interesting one actually which is why I wanted to make sure I read all of them um, <laughs> unlike most of Connor's questions he says what's the best Clausura result for a team that got relegated uh, and we can answer it very quickly and it is Tacheres de Cordoba in the Torneo Clausura 2004 who finished third um, one point behind Boca Juniors and five behind River Plate who won the title uh, I was at River Stadium for the last uh, match of that, that competition. Um, they finished third, they went into the relegation playoff, and they lost to. Did you say it was Argentinos Juniors? Uh, I think it was, yes, against Argentinos Juniors. Yeah. Um, so that's a, a very easy answer for that. So when we say that Tigre could potentially win the title and get relegated this season, we're not kidding. It, it's mathematically <laughs> possible. 
um, yeah, funnel. It's almost impossible. Though. It's almost impossible. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's in, in reality, it's probably yeah, not going to happen, yeah, yeah. given who they've got in the run, and especially it would involve taking out direct relegation competition. I think, I think they could definitely finish second or third and go down. Like, yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, he also then asks, if not for the influence of friends, family, uh, sorry, friends, family members, and ex-girlfriends or current girlfriends, what team would we all have chosen to support and why? He's got our stories perfect, like... We like this kind of listener. They don't ask us the same question over and over. They modify old questions. Yeah. My team, since it was the uh, first game I, I had the pleasure of going to here, uh, it would have probably been Argentinas. Hmm. Or maybe, because I saw a lot of them while they were in the, um, in the Primera in the first year I was here, which was 2009-2010. I might have even planned for Chacarita. Actually, Oof. yeah. Actually, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, what I'm saying, like, this is probably not going to count because it would have been for friends as well, but Atlanta also have a, a special place in my heart. Of course, yeah. But then that's for friends yeah, as well, so that would be probably. But, but that's also count. because you live near that stadium, that Yeah, was. so that probably wouldn't count in uh, Connor's criteria. So let's go for uh, Argentina or Chacarita. What's he done? Um, I probably would have ended up supporting Racing. Um, yeah, I, I think. Uh, just to do with their fans and their stadium and, and everything but then again like if, if I thought about it a bit more I probably would have ended up supporting someone like maybe Lanus would be my team yeah uh, I, I just it's a bit of a I mean it's a cliche that everybody goes to a Boca match when they come here but it's also I think it's just as common it's for, a cliche for, because it's true it's well yeah but it's, it's also very common for uh, expats living here to support racing I think like three quarters of the expats I know all support racing uh, yeah and they all tell you that it's because they want to be different <laughs> exactly so you know if I thought about it a bit more I probably would have supported maybe Lanos or yeah. Uh, as far as I know, I'm the only one, the only um, one out of us from people that goes to our away games with the lads. <laughs> right, maybe, yeah, I'm sure you are. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I think we can probably take it as read that the Argentine in the room is is excluded from this <laughs> question. So I'll answer. Um, I kind of had a very, very vague preference for River even before I came here on the basis that I always had this vague idea that I didn't particularly like Boca for reasons, <laughs> for reasons I was never really sure it. about. Um, but I, I always remember really liking River's shirt after seeing it when I was tiny, um, really young, like eight years old or something in some magazine somewhere. Um, but if not, I've always said that it would probably have been either Lanús because they played really nice football um, when I started watching Argentine football and for most of the time since. Uh, possibly Oracan for the title playoff in inverted commas which was actually just the 19th match of the, the season against Meles um, or potentially Argentinos because right after I moved here I went to both the 4-3 against Independiente and then the following week when they won the league I was in the away end at Oracan so one of those that, three yeah. but I think Lanús would have been the most likely so that Oracan mention got a evil evil look from our <laughs> San Lorenzo fan in the room no, no, he wasn't no. impressed I, I like Oracan I like Oracan fans <clears throat> I've just I've pulled pull away some points. Are they the sixth grandy? Would you say? Are they the sixth grandy? Uh, they, they like to say they are the yeah. sixth grandy. Like, <laughs> come on. You have Rosario Central, the Estudiantes. I mean, they were historically they were historically a, a big club. Yeah. Uh, much bigger than Vélez, for example. Yeah. Vélez, until 1990, they had only one championship. And yeah, I think this is a comparison we've, we've drawn upon a couple of times yeah. in the podcast, yeah. This uh, Vélez Huracán kind of rivalry for the sixth. Kind of I, well. I had a conversation just, I think it was last week, with Seb and one of his friends on Twitter, um, explaining that, that there are loads of clubs in Argentina which for an English fan would be considered big clubs but aren't one of the Argentine big five because uh, the big five is not just 
that's not all of the big clubs in Argentina. It's, it's this semi-official body, which which was an official body at one point. Um, Mark Moorhead, whose handle is Mark underscore Moorhead, says, "What's gone wrong in Mendoza in the last year?" Referring to Godoy Cruz. Um, and can El Turco Omar Assad turn it round, or should he never have gone back? Guys, what do we think on that one? It's a tricky situation he's got. Omar Assad is basically the, the best manager in Godoy Cruz's history, I think it's fair to say. He got them into the Libertadores for the first time. He had a contract dispute with the the, the directors and went to Emelec, right? In, in yes. Ecuador, somewhere in Ecuador. Then came to San Lorenzo. Then went back to San Lorenzo and is now, Lorenzo. once again, taking charge at, at uh, Godoy Cruz. Mariana seems to disagree with my assertion. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I don't disagree, but I was going to say that uh, the problem with Godoy Cruz is probably that it's a team that that big I mean mm. uh, they, they have just a group of average average players that uh, that were not really <laughs> that good but they made a good team and now they are back to normal <laughs> probably yeah. you know except for uh, I don't know uh, Ramirez striker top scorer uh, the other players were just better that Played very little in other clubs, like even even Bichar, uh, <laughs> who I think has a couple of fans. He wasn't even that good for Gimnasia News before going to the Cruz, and he's already 32, I think, or, yeah. or something like that. So it's like uh, it was going to happen. It was it was going to happen at some point. Absolutely. Um, Assad, given time, could make a difference but he's going to need to as Mariano says to effectively to rebuild the team right. um, I'll be going to Mendoza in about a month's time so if I get the chance to ask anybody I'll, I'll let you know if I'm not in about a month's time in exactly a month's time I just booked it today I'm very excited <laughs> I've been living in Buenos Aires for nearly two years and it's the second time I'm going to have got out of the city in all that time uh, Sean O'Hagan who asks us at least one question each week is SOHagan92 on Twitter Asks, um, where can I buy a DVD of the mysterious lesbian rape play that Dan Edwards got to see? I was thinking of making a recording when I went last week, but apparently they frown on you taking a camcorder into uh, into theatres even more than when you do it into cinema, so that really wasn't an option. Absolutely. Uh, if you're ever in Buenos Aires, um, I'll send you a link because it's, it's a very entertaining place. Taking along, maybe. Yeah, I want to. So that's a bit of lesbian rapist to get to know someone. He also asks, perhaps slightly more seriously, perhaps not, <laughs> given the recent speculation, what would be a better move for Gio Moreno, Santos or Espanyol? Well, that's the Racing fan, this one. And Santos, he'd presumably be going to, what, replace Ganso? Or? Mm. I'm guessing that would be that would be the implica- implication, yeah, because I know Ganso has been linked a lot with uh, a move to, say, Milan or Inter or another one of these... Um, European big boys and he, unlike Neymar he's always been a bit more reluctant to give his future yeah I mean you can definitely see um, similarities in the style of play between uh, Ganso and Gio and I think definitely if you compare Brazilian football to here he'd have a lot more time on the ball he'd mm. be a lot more protected by referees definitely and it could could be a very interesting move for him I'd say it's time for him to try it for like in Europe I'm, I really want him to stay in in, re, in racing, to be honest. Like. Yeah, he's not going to, is he? <laughs> well, I don't know. Zimbalia came out after the Copa Argentina um, final, uh, semi-final, in which probably, I don't know if Sam agrees, Gilles was probably the man of the match, even though he missed the penalty. I thought he played a fantastic game. He was passing it all over. He was very good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and he said, like, when he when Zimbalia first came to the club, Gilles hadn't really convinced him that he was up to it, but now apparently he has... I'd, you know, 
it's going to be hard for him to stay because I know that Racing also owe his investors a whole ton of money. But yeah, I really you hope can kind of forgive him for wanting to leave after he had a gun point today, isn't he? But it seems Regardless that seems to have that now yeah. seems to have blown over. You never and that seems to have given him kind of a new new intensity, a new kind of new lease. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not saying that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm not saying it's a good thing, but no, I'm, I'd love to see him, but to see him stay. But I think it would be it would be fascinating to see him play in in Santos as well alongside uh, Neymar and and their mm. young team. Like, I would love to see that move if he has to leave Racing. Next question is from Philip Briggs, whose Twitter handle is Philip with one L and J then Briggs with two Gs. <coughs> is Sabella okay with the fact that Federico Fernandez can't ever get a game in Napoli? Well, apparently so. If he's starting, yeah. yes, that's the very short answer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, actually, I was talking to uh, uh, Jack Rathbone, who's uh, I can't remember what his Twitter handle is, but uh, he's another journalist. Um, yeah. When he was here, I think it was, might be Jack Rathbone actually. Yeah, it could be. Uh, who who works for the Serie A, and he was really surprised that Fernandez is in the team because he, he hardly ever plays for Napoli and he hasn't impressed that much mm. for Napoli. Mm-hmm. Um, we mentioned it earlier that he's a Savela boy. Yeah, <laughs> that's the main reason why he's so going to get right, exactly. yeah. and, and it's fair enough he has played quite well in these last two matches I, I have to say that this is one thing on, on Football Manager 2007 many years ago um, <laughs> I won two World Cups and two European Championships for England which really is doing something in, in the 2020s um, is this got anything to do with Fernandes it has <laughs> it has because my, my first choice attacking midfielder was a guy who literally could not get a game for Arsenal and then signed for a world record fee for Milan and couldn't get a game for them either but for England he was first choice every time he scored 10 goals from midfield at the age of 19 in so the first World Cup I put in you think Savela is playing football manager? yes effectively yeah, and so far he's doing alright with it so I'm, I'm fine with that just to shut. Um, Matt Chesterton whose Twitter handle is Matt Chesterton says names for Messi Julia please uh, it's got to be Diego this is we should say Messi celebrated his goal on Saturday by putting the ball up inside his shirt as if he was pregnant and this is basically what being taken as complete confirmation that his girlfriend really is pregnant well you, unless he's as I said unless he's protesting against um, unhealthy school lunches or something or, I, I think or, uh, yeah, yeah, or possibly he's on the right side of, of the, the abortion debate here in Argentina <laughs> yeah because <laughs> then he let the ball just drop out <laughs> yeah yeah it's de- definitely you know, quite yeah. likely that what he was trying to say but yeah. um, I'd say I think he's got a brilliant chance here to just kind of bury the hatchet make a real big kind of reconciliatory gesture and he should just call it Cristiano <laughs> yeah that's, that's a good one okay. my, my theory is that he's, it's probably going to be Jorge that's a sensible theory based on the fact that that's the name of his dad George if you're English that's very dull sir. yeah I know somebody on Twitter suggested uh, yours, so. suggested uh, Armando <laughs> and, a good, and a good name would be Armando Leo Messi. We don't think he'd go for um, Jose, Josep, uh, Guardiola. Who good? Pep. Mm. Pep Messi. But I think Armando Leo, because uh, Armando Leo is like, uh, if you put the two words together, it's like a mess. And his last name is Messi as well. So, like, I think Armando Leo Messi is a pretty good name. Absolutely. Um, Ryan, Ross, Ryan Ross, R. Ross 11 says hi guys what's your opinion on Bocca's Facundo Roncaglia who has been linked to Fiorentina is he good enough for Serie A several um, reports are saying he's signed for Fiorentina Bocca yeah. would deny it they're saying yeah, apparently yeah they're having the news that he'd personally agreed a contract because I believe right. his deal is up at the end of the season anyway so Bocca wouldn't have much to do okay. with it what, what I will say is that we know uh, that he's been earning absolutely piss all money for Bocca yeah. Juniors uh, and he's still been more than willing to work his socks off for them so mm-hmm. when he's being paid a proper decent wage by a European club 
He's certainly not going to be lacking in effort. <laughs> yeah, if, uh, if I see him around the neighbourhood in, yeah, in, like in the confiteria, I'll, I'll let him know that we're, we're in support. That's the way they're going to make it in city. I think he's, he's sound. He's not. Yeah, he's, he's nothing to say. He's not going to set the league on fire, but at the same time, he could well turn out to be a completely competent defensive midfielder. Well, he's probably he's on the same kind of level as someone like Federico Fernandez or Campagnaro or yeah, yeah. that kind of player. So. Yeah. Um, do we have any others Eric Howell Eric underscore Howell Strack update what's going on with Danny Strack what do I see nothing well, I'm guessing he's just saying back here resting because week. the season's over yeah, yeah I, I don't think we can give an update other than he was watching the Digger game, game. Uh, yeah. last week or ah there we go oh, really? there we go he was there so yeah as I said last week it looks very much like he's going to go back to Tigre probably to replace Carlos Luna who's, who's alone from Liga de Quito Liga de Quito Yes, I do that every week. Um, it's it's going to be up to the end. Somebody suggested when we were putting a call out for English-speaking Tigre fans, somebody suggested we get Strack attack on Handapod. Does he speak English? Well, I don't know. He's <laughs> been there for a year, though. <laughs> we're, we're, not, we're not thinking high enough. This is the problem. We're looking for yeah. fans. We need to look for ex-players. <laughs> David has been there for years. Yeah. And the only thing he says is, very difficult. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to stick my neck out here and suggest that Danny Strack would obviously might be slightly more intelligent than Carlos Devers. Uh, yeah, I know that's a dangerous kind of opinion. Yeah, 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 yeah. On, on the basis that he's a living, breathing human being. He's <laughs> <laughs> certainly more intelligent oh than Carlos Devers. Uh, Tom yeah, Beck can spell his own surname so he must be fairly good <laughs> Tom Beck TWJ Beck says uh, what do you think the score will be this Saturday between Tigre and San Lorenzo oh I'm not answering that if there's a San Lorenzo fan in the room I'll leave that to Dan that's um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll leave the uh, right, scoreline we'll just score plain results predictions to Mr. Kadal and finally Alessandro Penke A A P E N G E. Um, says what are your thoughts on reports that Del Piero is open to a move to River <laughs> I don't know whether we can have any thoughts on it as such it's a, it, I mean it, it's, it's a, a very obviously one of those cases where an Argentinian journalist has asked him exactly. would you be able yeah. to move to River he's yeah. a nice guy to just, just <laughs> right. start laughing basically. Um, yeah I don't know what else to say there. I'd like to see uh, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be given the Given the Trezeguet link, we, it wouldn't necessarily be the most surprising thing in the world. It wouldn't be as if River had just signed Lionel Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo. But I remember there's an interesting thing actually today, which I covered on Goal.com. It was um, Nestor Sivori, <coughs> who's now an agent. I think he was, had a big, mm. big part in the Cavanaghi and Jordi Dominguez yeah, transfers, yeah. which we were, which this time last year we would have also thought absolutely ridiculous. Let's. Let's be fair. Yeah, yeah, and he's also no, obviously an Italian international. Well, French well, international. Well, he's yeah. for Lanús. Wow. Yeah, we know. It's so different. yeah, so um, <laughs> Nestor is uh, is a son of Omar Sivori, who was also, of course, um, quite a uh, quite a, middle quite a big name in River, and he also made a little bit of a splash in uh, Juventus as well. When, when we and say he's quite a big name, by the way, we should just I'll, I'll clarify that Omar Sivori's transfer to Juventus is what built the Estadio Monumental, and there's a stand of it named after him. Yeah, so, so fairly, uh, sorry, fairly important. Built yeah. the, the popular end of the Estadio Monumental. Yeah. yeah, and this guy was saying, you know, pleading with uh, Del Piero to come to River because yeah, he'd just be a complete idol, and he's saying, you know, cool. he was it. saying that it wasn't beyond all kind of disbelief. In, in terms know, of River would have to go up to the R and yeah. do this kind of thing, but in, yeah. in terms of scrabbling desperately about 
for how can we possibly replace Chori Dominguez for the Primera <laughs> Alessandro Del Piero probably wouldn't be the worst yeah. replacement right. in the world and this is just uh, a question I'm asking kind of taking all things out of consideration you've got to you've got to assume that uh, Del Piero at this point has made himself a fair bit of cash I think the other offers that are coming were from like Sion in the Swiss League yeah. and Mont- Montreal Impact in the MLS right. from a purely footballing point you're going to pick them two teams or you're going to come to a place like River with so much history and then you've got... Plus Del Piero has his own history with River, of course, going in the 1996 yeah, yeah. Uh, Intercontinental Cup. Yeah. Oh, in, in the last 10 years, I, I read so many reports like this. For example, <laughs> Rivaldo was going to play for Racing. Gattuso was going to play for Boca. Gattuso for Boca. Seedorf uh, yeah. also was going to come to play for, I don't know, River or but, Boca. But, yeah, Seedorf oh. was I remember Seedorf being linked. But, but one difference here is, is that there are examples from within the last year, given yeah. River's current situation, of the economic aspect, which clearly made those stories ridiculous. Yeah, being, but you can, yeah, you can, imagine, you can imagine Del Piero living here in Buenos Aires. Yeah. yeah. His standards, really? Argentines yeah. are all Italians who speak Spanish anyway, right? Yeah, I don't know. He's from the north of Italy, though. He's not from the south of Italy, yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, my people are from the south of Italy. Ah, that's I'm right. That's right. My, my people. This year. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it would be a, quite a quite a difference for him living in Turin to coming to live in Buenos Aires, I think. And yeah, and I think that's but, the but thing about. Is that he's not going to live in Buenos Aires. He's going to live in a, in a closed off. Yeah, he's going to live in San Isidro. Yeah. Con- countries, yeah. as the Argentines call yeah. them. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It would be <coughs> it would be spectacular. It would be fantastic. But there's a big difference between an Italian international who has no connection with Argentina and Carragher yeah, right. sure. and guys like that coming back. Yeah. So. But first River has to return to first division, right? Yeah. Obviously, yeah. Which, uh, given Sebas. Um, mentioning earlier that, that the Copa Argentina final will probably have to be played during June um, I'm almost glad that River got knocked out now given that, that we've got the run in to deal with and I, I even said immediately after it happened that, that you could do without the, the Super Classico overshadowing everything um, during, during what's going to be the most important run in in River's history really. true, if they yeah. don't go up this season as we've already mentioned when we had Joel on the pod it's, it, there's going to be hell to pay um, so the league has to take priority even though I'd have loved to have an Argentine Cup win regardless of whether it had been Boca in the final I'd have loved to play Merlo in the final even um, but yeah it's, it's completely um, we don't have any other questions I'm wondering whether we've forgotten to say anything that we were looking to say I think so. no. once again just like we did last week we've been recording for an astonishing amount of time yeah, yeah, sure, right. absolutely um, I'm now going to play Mystic Dam's theme music and then he's going to come in and tell us what's not going to happen next weekend how many did you get right last week Dan? both uh, semi-finals were draws and you predicted uh, no, I, said, um, I said uh, River I think you got the Argentina result right but not the scoreline yeah, yeah, yeah. and you said that Boca would <clears> win both of theirs and River would win yeah. and all three of those matches finished in draws after 90 minutes oh. I mean com- predicting that Boca are going to win a penalty shootout isn't difficult you <laughs> <laughs> that's true um, so yeah pretty much 100% there 25 <laughs> is the way I see it um, it's a question of perspective yeah. Mystic Dance theme music ladies <clears throat> and gents Mystic down, ladies and gents. Okay, we're going for Arsenal, Argentinos to draw, Boca to be Banfield away, Union, San Martin to draw, Niels to be Independiente, Vélez to be Rafaela, San Lorenzo, drum roll please, beat Tigre 1 0. Wow. 
Always to draw to Estudiantes, Olimpo to draw Lanús, Godoy Cruz to draw Garano, Colón to be resting away. You didn't change that because I'm here, right? No. <laughs> no, I think sometimes I have, yeah, I think uh, backs to the wall to have a little bit of a momentum behind them. I think they could just spoil everyone's fun. And Colón to be resting then? Yeah, resting. It's not one of the worst half. We've been brilliant. We're in the final. Yeah, yeah. 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 We've beaten both Orlando and Cordoba. We've turned a corner. Like, you know, next season champions. Yeah. Next season champions. Come on. Yes. yes. <laughs> so this is uh, that's Tom Beck's question finally answered as well. That's the scoreline for this weekend. Some uh, Tigre and Nilsson are in so on. Um, we shall be back next week to pick over the remains of Tigre's 5 0 win. <laughs> how ashamed Australian Dan feels for making that prediction uh, Mariano will he be able to join us or I guess you don't want to commit to it before you know the result uh, of the game <laughs> we'll see we'll see if I'm still alive I've already, I've already told my family to leave uh, on, from on Sunday from noon to four or five o'clock you're going to be watching on home at TV then you're not going to yeah, yeah I'm going to ways. watch on TV yeah, yeah. so uh, it's too difficult to go on away matches mm-hmm. here so yeah, I'll be watching the TV. Yeah. A thousand police being put on yeah, yeah. Uh, I would be lucky if I just uh, dress as a police and try to get there. <laughs> that way, that try well, to get a given the, ticket. Given the police record with San Lorenzo fans in the last year or so, yeah, probably a good idea. To stay <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to watch home. Try to have as less furniture near me as possible because I've already picked some some stool and some chairs in the last few games. <laughs> Uh, well, if I'm still alive, maybe I can be here. Obviously. So maybe video it and put it on YouTube, and you'll be the next. No, yeah, you'll be the next time yeah. 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 so I think we should definitely do that. <laughs> um, yeah, we hopefully we'll be able to get you back. If not next week, then later in the season. Uh, Australian Dan's going to be away for a couple of weeks towards. Well, in, in a couple of weeks' time. In fact, he's going to be here next week and won't That's be here afterwards. Will you? Yes, I'm leaving so on the twenty. <laughs> I didn't realise that's a book holiday. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, the twentieth of June I will be away, so I won't be here for the last last week of the season. The round the title the running, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we may not have a hundred. <laughs> no, I'll be there. I'll be there for the podcast before the end of the season, sure. just not to pick over the remains of uh, Racing's bottom place finish excellent I'll have to see what I can put together for that uh, season review in that case I think just talk talk about <laughs> but we'll, we'll sort something out it might be a one man podcast or well, you could get me you know you could Skype with uh, Dan from the US me from wherever the hell I am yes <laughs> that could be interesting we'll, we'll, we'll try and sort something out um Anyway, for now, we shall say, uh, first of all, good luck to Mariano. Tigre are, of course, as we've mentioned many times, Hunderpod's kind of collective second team, but, but you're here, which outweighs <laughs> it. So, so good luck on, on Saturday. Thank you, oh, Sunday, yeah. Thank you Sunday, very much. We, we will need some luck. Uh, I, think we, I think we will stay in first division. Yeah, I'm almost sure we will stay. <laughs> um, uh, it's goodbye from Aussie Dan. Bye-bye. Goodbye from English Dan. Goodbye. Goodbye from Mariano. Bye-bye. And goodbye from me. Goodbye. Uh, we forgot to mention during the pod that uh, myself and the two Dams are going to be promoting Hand of Pod and indeed talking about Argentine football on Adrian Bono's um, English language uh, radio show. I should mention the way he presented it to me last week because I was a guest of his is that we have the job of convincing him 
that football is not the devil and it is something that he should listen to is that something he should watch and yeah. something he should enjoy so Absolutely. it's going to be probably the biggest test of all of our careers Adrian is a guy who, who uh, grew up between Spain and the United States and now lives in Buenos Aires and uh, writes for the Buenos Aires Herald and for Argentina Independent among others um, and we're going to be, be guests on his show on a football special so look out for mine and the two dance Twitter updates as to when exactly we're recording that and the website that you can listen on uh, goodbye